0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals participating in the podcast. Our team of producers reached out repeatedly to Gene and Liberty Kasem to participate in this story. A lawyer for Gene told us this isn't a good time for Gene to speak. Liberty did not respond to our requests. Over the years, Gene has denied any allegations of abuse. It's June 15th, 2014, Father's Day, and the last day of Casey Kasem's life. His loved ones gather around his bedside at St. Anthony's Hospital in Washington State.
1: At least he had his family there and he was surrounded by love and I know he knew that he saw us there before he in the last few days wasn't able to you know open his eyes and physically be there he was in a room filled with love
0: the endless court hearings and intimidating face-offs were worth it Carrie's made it possible for her dad to spend his last moments in peace But that peace won't last much longer. I'm Martin Cove, and this is Bitter Blood. Kasem vs. Kasem, Episode 6, An Unmarked Grave.
1: there with us was my uncle Manir, his wife Mary, one of my dad's dearest friends, Gonzalo Vanessa, his right-hand man of 27 years. Me, my brother, my sister. We sat around, we played American Top 40, we, we put on baseball games. There was a
2: ball game on the TV.
0: Casey's sister-in-law, Mary Kasem.
2: And Manir put his head right next to Casey's ear. and and gave him a play-by-play description of what was going on in the baseball game because he was a really good baseball player when they were younger and so was Menares. He did that through the whole game and it just made me cry. And I just, on the one hand, I thought it was like so beautiful. And on the other hand, I thought it was so sad. We played cards
1: because my dad loved playing cards. (laughs) We sang. We prayed. And I talked to him a lot. I talked to him a lot. We put his friends on the phone with him. we just hold the phone up to his ear so they could say their goodbyes. And I put my mom on the phone with him. I know there was always some unresolved issues, but, you know, they became friends at the end. But I think that
3: was good for her. I got on the phone with him. Most of us were crying so hard we (laughs) we couldn't say much. But boy, I'm proud of her.
0: Proud of Carrie for all the time and resources she spent searching for Casey.
1: I guess for me, there was some solace in knowing that he died surrounded by loved ones and not four white, empty walls, alone, scared.
0: Casey takes his last breath at 3.23 a.m. The radio legend passes away at the age of 82. Carrie's ex-boyfriend Jesse Cove says the family was traumatized. I felt so sad for her because here she was, had finally had this time with him, and he
4: died. And I hated the experience that she had to deal with that. And the other part of it is, guess who wasn't in the room when he died was Jean. They actually asked her to come, let's put this family stuff aside and be with Casey in his last moments.
1: My father doesn't have much time left on earth and we welcome Jean and Liberty in our circle around my father because that's what he would want. I'd set aside my differences, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen.
4: She didn't come, didn't come. What does that say?
1: We begin on a very sad note today with the news that radio legend Casey Kasem of
0: American has died. Top 40, Kasem was beloved by millions of listeners throughout the world. Across the globe, millions of Casey's fans feel the loss. His voice, when you heard it, you just felt relaxed. When you felt just a part of the world that he was in and he made you feel included in what was going on. So it was really beautiful. He was really gifted. He has that voice, you know. When you hear it, you know it's him. In Los Angeles, many gather along Casey's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. They lay flowers and they take pictures.
1: I'm just gonna miss the countdown part of it and the voice, his very unique voice. You can recognize it wherever.
0: Casey's family holds a small memorial service. His two granddaughters begin the family tributes.
3: He played with me, and he loved me. He has passed on, and now he is my guardian angel.
0: At the service, their mom, Julie, Casey's daughter, shares her memories.
3: So growing up, my dad was so special to to us, and to me especially. Education was really, really important to him. I mean, whether he was making sure our homework was done or we would we'd drive out to the beach and he was constantly quizzing us about geography and world history. And at the time I thought, well, this is really fun. But, you know, now it's just like he cared. He just cared so much to make sure that we were educated and that we were going to be successful. He was my inspiration and he was always a steady wind at my back, always nudging me to strive for more. Now that I'm raising my own children, I often find myself encouraging him exactly the way he encouraged me. When I was overwhelmed with schoolwork, my dad would always say, to be gone is to be half done. And I swear, it's, that just makes so much sense. And so, you know, when I'm with my kids and they're doing their homework and they're frustrated, I just say, guys, to be gone is to be half done. And I'm like, oh, okay. you know, just like, it's crazy how much... That means to me now.
0: Casey's son, Mike, says his father always led by example. I remember we were at a
4: Dodgers-Yankees World Series game. I remember Dad bought me a hot dog and bought me a Coke. And, you know, for us, that's just a normal thing. You get your hot dog, you get your Coke at a game. Well, a a young boy was in front of us who was with his father, and he was looking back at me eating this hot dog and drinking this Coke, and he was jealous. So he turns to his dad, and he, he asks his father, for the hot dog and the Coke and his dad turned to him with kind of like a a sad look on his face and he said, I'm sorry, son, but you know, we can't get the hot dog and the Coke. And my dad just told me to wait right here. He went up to the concession stand, bought two hot dogs, two Cokes, came back and gave it to this father and son. Principles, morals, integrity, Words that dad repeated to us over and over again when we were young. You'd think some of it would stick. Um, My dad always said that if you want to get something done, you give it to a busy person, they'll get it done. Well, God gave him the three of us little monsters to raise, and he proved that saying to be true. I'll always remember that. And today what I want to do here is just... Just basically, thank you, Dad.
0: Six years later, Mike names his firstborn baby, Casey. During the memorial, Carrie feels robotic and out of body. But she has no regrets about her relationship with her father.
1: He knew everything good and bad that I felt towards him. There was not a word that was not said to him, and we had these talks. I wanted him to know everything, how much I loved him, how proud I was of him, how I admired him as a man, as a father, and certain things I didn't like, which were the fact that he kept a woman in his life that hated us, that he kept a woman in his life that went against every single moral fiber in his body, everything he had ever taught us to be with integrity and live with good intention and work ethic and never lie and be honest and be you know a good human being and help others. He married the antithesis of that. And I let him know that. I let him know what, how upset I was. But that also was healing for me. He was everything to me. He was my hero. He was my father. He was my best friend. And I had those conversations with him. So I don't feel like there was no stone unturned. There was nothing not said.
0: Still, Carrie has a hard time separating her grief from her anger at Gene. How do you do that to somebody?
1: How do, you, how do you do that to somebody who gave you everything and loved you? How do you do that to his children? How do you do that to his friends? How do you do that to someone who was so good to you and truly loved? He loved her, despite how just mean and cruel she was to him and to everybody who loved him. Just truly cruel.
0: Mike Kerb is still trying to understand how and why his friend's story ended so tragically
2: what happened with casey i'm not defending obviously his marriage to Gene, i'm just saying that he fell in love and i and how many times have we seen this over and over where incredible people fall in love and then do something so out of character to everything they've ever believed you know it's there wouldn't be a movie in hollywood if it wasn't for that would there
0: now that casey's gone Carrie gets a much needed sign to help energize her for the battles that still remain a fight that will go beyond her father,
1: I don't know what compelled me, but I decided to look up June fifteenth on the computer. I don't know why I guess I just put in June fifteenth, and what came back was so powerful and astonishing it literally stopped me in my tracks i I actually don't know how long I was staring at the computer screen because it said June 15th was the day the United Nations designated for World Elder Abuse Awareness Day. I mean, if that wasn't a sign to keep going, not only did my dad die on Father's Day of that year, he died on World Elder Abuse Awareness Day.
0: Carrie needs the strength because Jean's next move causes a devastating and highly publicized blow.
3: Where on
1: earth is Casey Kasem? The radio icon's body is missing.
0: After his death, Casey's body is legally released to Gene and remains in Washington. That is, until several weeks later. Carrie learns her dad's body, along with Gene, has vanished once again.
1: At this point, Jean was trying to get him into Jerusalem on a falsified death certificate that said they'd been living in Jerusalem for 18 years, didn't even spell his name right. His middle name was not spelled right and didn't have his mom or dad on the death certificate, probably because she didn't know their names. And at this point, she's trying to get him in Jerusalem. They said no. So then she tried to get him into France, and they said no.
0: Carrie goes back to private eye Logan Clark for help. After hitting a dead end with leads on Jean, Logan's team digs deeper into the person closest to her, alleged lover John Paul Gressy and his family.
2: People, when they're on the run, usually try to get to somebody they know, they're near, family, friends, whatever. And I said, let's look at John Paul's father. John Paul's father lives in Quebec. So I told my agents, I said, take a five-mile radius around his office, John Paul's father, and find out how many mortuaries there are. And let's start calling every mortuary. So I had my associates call the, the morgue and speak to them in French and pretend that they were the head office of that string of mortuaries. And they got a real weird response when they asked about Casey Kasem. And they pushed a little further and the woman said to my French agent, while he's in the freezer, downstairs. And we literally had to search to try to find out where else they would take it in Canada. And the only way we found out is because one of my guys got a tip that they had loaded onto a plane, a coffin that had to be wrapped with six body bags to get the smell contained because Jean purposely did not have Casey's body embalmed. She wanted The evidence to disappear of what she had done to him. And if he's not embalmed, he deteriorates and it's impossible to do an autopsy.
0: As soon as Logan finds Casey's body in Canada, it disappears again. This time, he tracks it to Norway.
1: So she writes a fraudulent letter to the country of Norway stating that she's Norwegian, her grandmother was Norwegian, and my dad always wanted to live there. So I guess he always wanted to live in Jerusalem or France or Canada or anywhere he's pretty much never been, and then Norway, where nobody knows him. She lied to so many different people to get him buried there that she, you know, had promised to move there, and it was based on trust. This is what we've now been told, that it was they trusted her to move there. They trusted that she was Norwegian.
0: A local Norwegian paper reports Casey will be buried in a small ceremony at a cemetery in Oslo.
1: My dad gets buried in Norway despite everything that we had done, written letters from family members, 20 of his friends. Gene Thompson's family had written a letter stating that they were not Norwegian.
0: Just as his eldest children had to watch their father's wedding to Gene on television, they can now only see his burial from afar. Casey's youngest daughter, Liberty, posts photos on Facebook. His family back home is shocked by what they see.
1: Well, the black and white photos I saw of the funeral with the horse drawn carriage and their black top hats, I mean, it looked like Halloween. It didn't look like a funeral for a man who was beloved by the entire world who grew up in Michigan and lived in California most of his life, it looked like a clown show.
0: Gene doesn't tell anyone the location of Casey's resting place. It is unmarked, without a headstone. A few months later, in early 2015, Carrie, Mike, and Julie hold a press conference outside an L.A. courthouse. Reporters from around the country gather to hear them speak for the first time since Casey's death.
4: First and foremost, above his career, my dad fought for what he believed in, period. That's above the top 40, above everything he was doing, all the amazing success he had. He cared more about other people and making this world a better place. The reason we're here is simply for that, to carry on the tradition and to fight and stand up for what we believe in. And we know what happened. And if you've seen the evidence, if you've seen what we've seen, you would understand completely, absolutely, why we are here. Thank you.
0: When Carrie speaks, she announces they'll be pursuing criminal charges against their stepmother for elder abuse.
1: There have been a few who have said, let it go, why don't you let it go already? He's gone. Would you tell that to grieving parents who just lost a child to neglect and abuse? No, you wouldn't. You'd want their abuser to be put to justice, put behind bars. Elder abuse is no different than child abuse. Abuse is abuse. It's abuse with a victim who cannot stand up for themselves, that cannot defend themselves. We're all going to get old. We are all going to age. And don't think this can't happen to you. Whether it's by someone you love or a caretaker, convalescent center, a hospital, elder abuse is rampant. It's everywhere.
0: Kerry pleads with the LAPD and LA District Attorney to press charges.
1: Some of the police, not all of them, and the DA make comments about the fact that this is all about money. Why don't you look into the records? For the last year and a half, every court appearance that my family and I have been to, have we ever asked for money? Never! Not once! But I'll tell you something, right after my father died, Jean Thompson Kasem came after our family trust, not the other way around. Let her take the money. I want justice for my father. This woman deserves to be behind bars for what she did to him.
0: Jean scoffs at the allegations.
1: Shame on these children! Shame!
0: Four months later, District Attorney Jackie Lacey makes an announcement.
1: The Los Angeles District Attorney's Office will not charge Gene Kaysen. All I can think of is the incompetence of Jackie Lacey. That's all I can think of. The DA that we have and some of the comments that she's made and the fact that she put out a press release on a three-day weekend at five o'clock so that no news would likely be likely to cover it. And that was when she said there's no, there's insufficient evidence, even though the detective who was handling it said to me, if this isn't a case of elder abuse, I don't know what is. This was the head of the Elder Abuse Department in Santa Monica. So, yes, there was enough evidence. There was just not enough competence.
2: They didn't want to get in the middle of it because it was Casey Kasem, one of the biggest names in the world. They don't like publicity, especially bad publicity. They are politicians. District attorneys are politicians, and that's what they care about. That's why they don't take cases that they can't win.
0: Undeterred, Carrie and her siblings decide to sue Jean in civil court, accusing her of wrongful death. Jean fires back.
1: She filed a wrongful death suit against us, literally leaving it to the last day, to where jurisdiction would be up. Is when she filed her wrongful death suit. But literally, you wait for the last day. You wait till the day your husband died, years, years later, to then say, "Oh well, we think the kids killed you, and we're going to go after you now."
0: They killed my husband they killed their father. Another battle between Casey's three children and their stepmother is boiling. And once again, it's about to get very contentious and very strange. It was chilling. It was chilling. I
3: want to bury her. That's what she said. I want to
1: bury her.